Happy Friday. I'm Brian Colbert Kennedy, and this is Important Not Important, the most important science news, how to think about it, and what you can do about it. You can find the digital version and links to everything at importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter or right from your show notes. It's Friday, April 23rd. Here's what happened this week. Earth Day was supposed to be a revolution. Times change, often for the better, but in this case, Earth Day has become another opportunity for greenwashing and more consumption. More selling you shit you don't need and selling you on personal actions that'll make you feel good but won't move the needle, at least not unless they're combined with systemic actions. And we're not having it. From here on out, every day is motherfucking Earth Day. And I don't mean flipping the compost. I mean taking public transportation at every opportunity, taking one more car off the road, electric or not, and calling your reps every single day to fight for a clean electricity standard. I mean buying an induction stovetop for your own family's health and then biking over to your city council meeting and arguing for tax credits for landlords to do the same for low-income renters. I mean voting and then fighting for D.C. statehood so there's enough votes in the Senate to pass climate-related financial disclosures. I mean flipping the compost and then going back to city council and arguing for local food waste policy. I mean protesting pipelines at home and demanding the U.S. stop financing fossil fuel production abroad. I mean breathing in our privilege and then fighting for green leaders like California to stop approving thousands of oil wells next to marginalized bedrooms and schoolrooms. Okay, it means celebrating a president announcing a 50% cut to emissions and then demanding plans and receipts every step of the way. There's no better time to be a shit giver. And I'm damn glad to have you on board. Happy Earth Day. In climate change and clean energy news, get juiced. If mashed up triceratops bones were the, well, backbone of the 20th century, refined into everything from gasoline to sweatpants to Legos, then batteries are up next. If we're going to decarbonize everything from power sources to transmission infrastructure to manufacturing and transportation, there will be excess power and it's got to go somewhere. Enter lithium-ion batteries. As David Robert at Volts puts it in the first of his new Battery Week explainer posts, quote, the more energy-dense, cheap, and safe LIBs can get, the faster storage will be infused throughout the grid and the more renewable energy the grid will be able to integrate. As cheap as batteries have become, however, the clock is ticking, and with $23 trillion on the line, big questions remain. A habit of secrecy and a lack of third-party validation for battery performance, especially among vaunted unicorn startups like QuantumScape, is making viability tough to judge. M&A among lithium suppliers is increasing amid potential resource deficits. Nobody knows how far off we are from safer, longer-lasting, solid-state non-lithium batteries. Can India or the U.S. build new battery plants in time to prevent China from becoming the Saudi Arabia of batteries? So many questions. We don't have to tell you how vital it is that the energy that flows into cars and phones and batteries comes from a renewable source. Find out if your roof is good for solar at Solar United Neighbors. They'll hold your hand and answer every question, whether it's for your house, a co-op, a farm, or an office. In COVID news, crunch time. As anticipated over the past two weeks, the furious pace of U.S. vaccinations has slowed despite reaching President Biden's goal of opening shots for anyone over 16. Are we seeing a hiccup from the Johnson & Johnson shots still being on pause? Is vaccine refusal from evangelicals and Republicans and men remaining steadfast? Are we doing a poor job reaching black and brown communities across nearly every state? Yes. Hesitancy is a real thing, despite the data. The hard work starts now. We know the vaccines are safe. 
We know they work. They work safely on pregnant women, on people with chronic diseases, and on 12 to 16-year-olds. There's a lot that we still don't know, but have no doubt. These vaccines save lives. But this thing doesn't end until almost everyone gets one, and we have far more doses than we need. We got to spend as much money and energy as necessary to convince those who are hesitant and reach those who aren't being reached, can't take time off work, or leave their kids at home. We need to use the J&J shot on most people because some people just can't or don't want to do the whole thing twice. We need to embrace and empower different messengers like personal doctors in red states, not just Dr. Fauci. And we can't just do it in America. Failing to send extra vaccines and fund vaccine infrastructure abroad is a humanitarian, geopolitical, and health nightmare. Every day, the U.S. fails to help countries like India and Mexico by lifting export controls and selling or just sending extra doses to them is a failure of both American ideals and diplomacy. So here's your action step. Enter your address at commoncause.org, find your rep's phone numbers, call and demand they support sending extra vaccine doses to India and Mexico. In medicine and biotech, when more is less and less is more. Thanks to flagrant overuse in animals and people, antibiotic resistance is on the rise. On the one hand, we need to use far fewer of the amazing drugs and far less often. On the other hand, we need to develop new drugs to fight the most dangerous bacteria. But the big pharma companies are almost categorically not interested. From Stat News, of three dozen companies with antibiotics in clinical development, only one ranks among the top 50 drug makers by sales, according to a recent report by Pew Charitable Trusts. More than 95% of the products in development today are being studied by small companies rather than the large drug makers that once dominated the field, and nearly 75% of the companies do not have a product on the market. So what does that mean? It means trouble, maybe. A 2016 report put out by a project funded by the UK government called the Review on Antimicrobial Resistance forecasted that drug-resistant infections may kill up to 10 million people a year by 2050. In the US, an estimated 35,000 people die of antibiotic-resistance infections each year, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So your action step? It's pollen season, so this is the perfect time to bone up on what ailments antibiotics actually help with and which don't qualify, like most sinus infections, for example. Get up to speed with the CDC guide. There's a link in the newsletter. In food and water news, this is not the water world I was promised. As the American West gets drier and hotter, interstate litigation is heating up too. Water disputes are nothing new, but exceptional drought conditions in California, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, and more mean the Colorado River allocations and Lakes Mead and Powell being only half full spells trouble. We're fighting over water because it's one of life's necessities, and most of these places don't have their own supply. But we're also fighting because it's America, and in America, conservation is always the last best hope. Your action step? Our friends at Food and Water Watch are fighting for safe and affordable water for everyone by ending shutoffs and keeping utilities public. Get involved by clicking the link in the newsletter. In AI news, Colonel Fail. Besides the oft-covered big-boy algorithms that track and or dictate every move you make online, some bit players, like local police departments, job boards, and more, have been trying out splashy new AI systems for a few years now. Thankfully, they've mostly sucked. Or been super racist. Or both. So they got flagged, and now both the EU and the USFTC are trying to crack down. From MIT... Today, the EU released its long-awaited set of AI regulations, an early draft of which leaked last week. 
The regulations are wide-ranging with restrictions on mass surveillance and the use of AI to manipulate people. In the blog post, the FTC warns vendors that claims about AI must be truthful, non-deceptive, and backed up by evidence. For example, let's say an AI developer tells clients that its product will provide 100% unbiased hiring decisions, but the algorithm was built with data that lacked racial or gender diversity. The result may be deception, discrimination, and an FTC law enforcement action. The frustrating news? Both the EU regulations and FTC power leave out one huge player, governments themselves. So here's your action step. Last week, we recommended you read Atlas of AI. This week, The Alignment Problem by Brian Christian. Who trains our machine learning systems and what we train them on are fundamental questions for the 21st century. It's time for the roundup. This is how COVID works on a plane. You need more sleep. Six hours or less in middle age linked to later dementia. Sign Patagonia's petition for Biden to build back fossil-free and cut it out with these goddamn pipelines. I got a million emails about Seaspiracy. If you've watched it, please read this, link in the newsletter, and then watch these, link in the newsletter, instead. Redfin. People are starting to move because of climate change. Will you? California's net metering battle will affect the entire country. America's parks should be returned to indigenous peoples. Here's a fantastic article on why. Can the crypto climate accord help push crypto towards renewable energy? It better, because it's not clean yet. France will give you money for an e-bike and is canceling flights under two and a half hours because trains rule. All right, it's time for pod guests in the news. Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson and Billie Eilish talked about taking action. Fred Gutenberg and team have reintroduced an ammo background check. Dr. Leah Stokes on passing policies people actually want. Ursula de Castro's fashion revolution will help you keep clothes longer. Julian Brave Noisecat talked to Rolling Stone about banning natural gas. And Leah Penniman has launched the Braiding Seeds Fellowship, a project of her Soul Fire Farm Institute in collaboration with the Federation of Southern Cooperatives to carry on the legacy of the braided seeds by providing beginning farmers with resources, professional development, and mentorship to support their livelihood on land. They're aiming to draw from the Southeast and Northeast. Applications are open now and close on May 15th. So awesome. All right, that's it for this week. To go deeper on any of the news or to find your action steps, go to importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter. Thank you so much as always for being a part of our community and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend. 